Yeah, let's do it. It's time. World champion, New England Patriots. Edelman's going to throw. The quarterbacks are. Let's do it. A catch. Hello, Super Bowl. We are all Patriots, and tonight, Patriots are Super Bowl champions. Patriots are Super Bowl champions. And here we are. We are back with another episode of the Pat's Pat Podcast. We are a little bit later on this one because I'm a potato, but we're gonna move right past that. Anyway, I am here with my good friend Josh Valadola, as always. Josh, Mr. Valadola, JV, that kid, Hybrid One K, however you would like to be called. How are you doing today? Oh man, brother, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing awful because it's not a great day to be great today. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Let's get right into it here. Let's get right, ready let's to rumble. It. We have a lot to cover today. That is for sure. Start Starting off, this was not a great day to be great for the Pats. We are going to start off with the recap show because oh, we man. already missed that. Then we're going to move on to the Jags preview, which hopefully ends a lot better than Sunday did. Starting off with the score here, 33-21. to 20 fun, 21. It was not 20 fun. 21 in favor of the big bad Buffalo Bills on the spread. The Bills obviously covered. Pats were favored by 2.5 coming into this one. The overcast in this one at 435 Five. Team stats here. Moving on to that. Time of possession. Bills really beat up on the pass in this one. 35-09 to 24 51 offensive plays again. Pats were out snapped 75 to 60. Total yards of offense 428 for the Buffalo Bills and 288 Jesus, for the Pats. Man. Penalties. Bills had five for 45. Pats had three for 30, but there were some big ones in there that we're going to talk about in like literally two seconds. Turnovers, Mac threw two picks. Bills had no turnovers. That was the big thing. Efficiency. This grinds my gears a little bit. (laughs) Six for 12 for the Bills on third down. Three for four on fourth down. And the one... The one missed fourth down was a drop by Manny Sanders mm-hmm. in the end zone, which is really frustrating. So they should have been four for four on fourth down. Moving on to the patch side of things, one for ten on third down. One for ten on third down, Josh. One. I'm just as pissed as you are, man. Ten percent. I can do that math. Ten percent. <laughs> one for ten on third down. Like you could. How is that even possible? Dude, like I don't know. It's just like it's very frustrating <laughs> as a Patriots fan just watching the efficiency of that game. I was at this game and I'm watching this and I'm thinking I don't understand what's going on. How are you currently like how is this even happening? It just seems that this year's Patriots team, as long as you stop the run and force Mac to throw, this team's nothing. And in this league, you need to be able to pass the ball and they're very kind of one-dimensional right now. I completely agree, and we're going to get into that in a minute about how Max really been struggling and kind of mm-hmm. his flaws. But Pats, I guess, if you want to look at the brighter spot of things, we're 5 for 6 on 4th down. Mm-hmm. So, overall, this game kind of had that feel to it that I was talking about when we did the preview show. Yeah, you were right. When it was kind of like, I felt this game was would never be out of reach. Like, they wouldn't get blown out by 30. Like, this was going to be a 45 to 15 game or anything like that. But... It had that feel where it's like you kind of need those one or two plays. Like you'll need to get the mm-hmm. ball back. You need to make a play somewhere. They're not going to be able to get it done. And the Bills are just going to make those small plays mm-hmm. that they needed to make. And I feel like that's kind of how the game went. And the way I felt at this game was how I felt sitting here talking to you last week. <laughs> like exactly how I felt last week talking to you was how I felt at this game. And I was like, God damn it, I hate what I'm right. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's like you were saying... Um, Especially 
in the beginning of the game, there was a lot of uh, bend don't break moments where the Pats only gave up field goals. You know what I mean? They could have mm-hmm. had some. Bills could have gotten ahead big, but like you said, eventually it was it was like almost not out of reach. But towards the end, you know what I mean? They, we got crapped on. This game did have potential, like you said, to be <clears throat> out of reach because there was a fourth and goal when Emmanuel Sanders dropped that touchdown pass. Yep. Like that essentially puts this game well out of reach. Like, because then you're down two scores or everything else goes according to plan. Never mind mm-hmm. what would have happened otherwise. Like, the, the whole trajectory of this game and momentum could have been changed. Absolutely. But I want to talk about the penalties here a little bit. The, the David Andrews, I don't like that flag at all. I, I get it. Um, I text. All right. So here's how, here's how I'm looking at it. From a textbook perspective, like, you open up the rule book, you get out your little pink highlighter, you go underline, you know, page 13 subsection a like i get it it's mm-hmm. right but the heat of the moment like your quarterback takes a hit like obviously yeah your, your center is going to be pissed off that he took a late hit those guys love mac yeah so i don't blame him for getting in mm-hmm. the face of matt milano like by any means at all but at the end of the day if you're the official you got to give a little bit of leeway here and understand what just happened it's situational football for lack of a better term at least mm-hmm. i personally look at it Especially previously on that drive that uh, um, Mac was going out of bounds. That kind of could have gone either way. That could have been a rough in the passer penalty. And, you know, they kind of let the Bills slide on that one. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, like, you would think the rest would kind of take that into account? You would think so. The officiating, I feel like, was a little bit of an issue in this one. But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I feel like when they played this bad, you can't just put it on the officials. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, would the game have changed if one or two calls went a different way? Possibly. Maybe. You can make that argument. But at the end of the day, if you leave it up to chance, I'm a big believer in you get what you're going to get. You know, if you don't order the cheeseburger, you can't get the cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Moving on here to the passing side of things. We're going to start off with Mike Jones. 14 to 32, 145 yards, no tutties, 44% completion percentage, not pretty. 38.9 QBR. Moving on to Josh Allen. He played great in this one. He really it's played an MVP well. MVP mode. Like I always say, and I actually I went out to dinner with one of my friends last night who I hadn't seen in a while. He's a Bills fan, and he mm-hmm. completely agreed with this statement I'm about to say after I, I read this off. 30 47, 314 yards, three, count them, three TDs, 64% completion percentage, 85% QBR. So there's two versions of Josh Allen here. I That's feel right. like you've got MVP Josh Allen, and then you've got Josh Allen who misses guys by 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And we saw MVP Josh Allen today. And it's kind of, it was frustrating watching this game because I feel like the Pats. The defense they were playing was like, we're banking on the fact that Mac, not Mac, Josh Allen makes a mistake, mm-hmm. and he didn't make that mistake. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that mindset. If that's what they went in the game with, because this is a guy who's, you know, let's just say top five. I don't want to say like top three, you know, and step on toes. But like you look at guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. These are guys that are the future of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And as a fan of the game. You love to see these guys step up, and they're ultra-talented. You yeah. know what I mean? It shouldn't surprise anyone that people like these guys ball out, especially in big games. It just bothered me because, say that was the mentality they came in with. Nothing changed. 
Like, you got mm-hmm. all the way down to the fourth quarter and nothing changed. Like, all right, I guess we'll just keep playing the same defense. Like, that's not exactly the game plan I would have gone in here with. At mm-hmm. some point, something's got to change. You know what I mean? And nothing really changed. I mean, yes, I feel like Josh Allen's shown a lot of proof that he can be very undisciplined. Mm-hmm. But he was very disciplined in this game. He showed up, especially <laughs> on some big third down runs. Like, If the Bills are going to make a playoff run... I feel like, and I think a lot of people would agree, we're gonna have to see a more disciplined Josh Allen, oh, not the undisciplined yeah. Josh Allen that we see at we've seen at Jacksonville, we've seen mm-hmm. in other games. Thoughts on that? Um, as long as he's healthy, I mean, that big thing is the foot with him. I think he's uh, he might even have a knee injury. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah, he's the number one guy, number one threat on that team. So. They go as far as Josh Allen goes. I'm waiting for the day where he scrambles out of the pocket and boom, torn ACL. He doesn't slide, bro. That's what I mean, which is kind of cool to see from a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, dude, we're paying you all this money. Yeah. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, we need you to slide. Like, we need you to be a guy <laughs> stealing the second base here. We don't need you to be that guy jumping over the catcher trying exactly. to be safe at home. Like, you don't need – you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. <laughs> it's moving, not sustainable. <laughs> moving on to the Mac Jones side of things here. Back-to-back duds from Mac. Really, I think you can make the argument three duds in a row. <clears throat> I personally give him a little bit of a, like, pat on the back here, a little bit mm-hmm. of a pass going back to that game, the first game against Buffalo because, yep. f- first of all, they won the game. The game plan worked. Everything is overlooked and everything's mm-hmm. compressed when you're winning. Second of all, obviously not ideal weather conditions. He threw a couple of picks here. The first one, I legitimately don't know why he threw that ball. Triple coverage. I don't understand. All right. Like, it's one thing if that's DeAndre Hopkins. It's one thing if that's Devontae Adams. Josh, this is Nikhil Harry we're forcing the ball to here. Probably, I don't know what the read was on that play, but it was the wrong one. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. I don't understand why you thought and granted you can make the argument it wasn't necessarily his fault because he did put it right on the money but that wasn't uh, to nick kill harry that yeah. was behind him that was towards the sideline i thought he got knocked out of his hand yeah he like he tipped it but it wasn't like an accurate ball like theoretically he would have liked to have thrown that ball more towards the center of the field and he kind of back shouldered him and then Nikhil harry just kind of i probably just had a bad angle on it yeah it's just the different angle but it's Anyway, regardless, bad throw, bad throw, bad decision, not good. Anyway, it did get knocked up in the air, but that's mm-hmm. besides the point. The second one, it's really not a big deal. I mean, the end of the game, you're just kind of throwing it deep downfield. Like you're, you got to make something out of nothing at that point. Mm-hmm. What's going on here with Mac? Just trying to make a play. I mean, it's. I don't think it should surprise anyone the kind of mistakes he's making because thus far during this year, he's definitely exceeded expectations, and. I feel like the narrative this whole year has been, can Mac win a game? And I think he just tried a little too hard. He's probably listening to this podcast. I, and he I keeps, hope not. He keeps hearing this this clown with the Potato <laughs> Finance banner in the background but saying, tr- can he's a rookie, win bro. a game? He's a rookie. He's bound to make mistakes. Yeah. It's just... So maybe he's hitting that little bit of a rookie wall here. Mm-hmm. Obviously a tougher, a longer season. Yeah. We've seen the reports that he was really struggling to get to that bye week. Like, that's not a secret at all. Mm-hmm. The... The thing I'm concerned about with this team right now, and obviously this will probably be an issue the rest of the year, and we'll see what materializes next year, is this team cannot run the two-minute offense right now. Agreed. That is one of like a very, very big issue this team has. They just can't run it. Like, re- Remember last year when they played the Jets on Monday night, and they ended up winning that game by somehow down double digits, and they ran like the weirdest play call, like 
a third and one with eight seconds left. You run a Cam Newton sneak, and he somehow hits Jacoby Myers 30 yards down the field, and you kick the game-winning field goal. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, you're like, this team cannot run a two-minute offense. That's what I'm seeing right now, and I'm not impressed. And I know he's a rookie, but I figured with, you know, the success he's had so far, I figured he'd be at least a little more competent, for lack of a better term, to put together a two-minute drive at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he would hope so. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm just like kind of assuming this is the rookie jitters, you know what I mean? And it looks like they're opening up the playbook a little bit. I don't like these sloppy flea flickers that they keep trying to, you know, throw at during the game. But like even like a simple toss to Damian Harris that he like, you know, briefly fumbled and recovered. It's just Mac. It doesn't seem like at this point in his career that Mac can run that two minute offense. Maybe it's too much, too fast pace, and he's still processing the NFL. Hmm. So, you know what I mean? it's He's a rookie. It might just take time. Yeah. I mean, he didn't... You can even make the argument that I think <clears throat> every single human being on the planet thought Cam was going to be the starter to start the season this year. If, I did. You're, if you're not, you're lying. I don't care who the hell you are, you're lying. Mm-hmm. Um, And that didn't happen. I'm not saying it was the wrong decision because I think in hindsight it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that month or two, whatever the case may be, wasn't because Cam was the better player. It was because so Matt could learn Mm -hmm. and take his time and be more acclimated. And obviously, when you're the starter, especially as a rookie, that time is essentially gone. Like, it's wiped right off the plate. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like a dirty dish. It's just clean. Like, you don't have it anymore. You got to be ready now. Yeah, he wasn't just, like, straight up taking first first team reps. He was sharing them with Cam. And maybe, I don't know what mindset he had coming into camp, but maybe he really thought he was going to be behind Cam. I don't mm-hmm. know if he I don't think he did, but I'm saying it's possible. Like, it's a relatively fair argument, I mm-hmm. think. I agree. But I don't know. But at the end of the day, I think, here's the way, who was I saying? I was saying this to my friend last night. Like, if someone told me at the beginning of the year, with two games to go, this team's going to be 9-6, and six, and you're going to be in a wild card spot, I think 90% of the people would take it and be oh, satisfied absolutely, with that. Yeah. Like 90 plus percent would take it and be completely happy with that. But because they had that long win streak, they had that, you know, they they beat the Bills on Monday night, especially. I think that one was one. They beat the Chargers at LA. I think a lot of people really, really truly believe, which blows my mind, that this team was going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I really, I was saying it the whole time, this team's overreaching right now. I don't think this team was as good as that seven-game win streak. I agree. I don't think they're as bad as that two-and-four team. But at the same time, I don't think they're that team that didn't lose for two months. Mm-hmm. I think the schedule was just in their favor at the end of the day. I agree. That and the combination of the the AFC just not being as strong as the NFC. Right. Absolutely. Like you look at the Chiefs. Everyone was saying the Chiefs were done. The Chiefs were a bust. Now they're the one seed. Yep. And it's probably going to stand. Anyway, moving on to the rushing side of things here. Here's the problem with Josh Allen. 12 carries for 64 yards. Josh, if you're watching this slide, bro, trust me, Bills fans will be a lot happier seeing that. Zach Moss, 12 for 39. Devin Singletary, 12 for 39 as well. That's really weird. And one touchdown. Crazy but not crazy that Josh Allen also kind of led the rushing side of things here. I feel like that's been the narrative lately. He's the number one running option. It was. I felt like they kind of went Obviously, that foot's not mm-hmm. that much of an issue anymore because they kind of went back to him <clears throat> being the lead back here mm-hmm. in this situation. 
which is kind of crazy because I felt like the mm-hmm. past couple weeks they went away from that a little bit. Yeah. But maybe they just said, screw it. We need to win this game. Probably. I mean, I wouldn't. that wouldn't surprise me. This is like, you know, divisional uh, title potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, he is essentially the best running back on the team. Like, he's yeah. just... He's really shifty. Like, I remember one Pacific player that was a fourth and two. Like, they needed the ball back at the end of the game. I can't remember who it was. I think it was J.C. Jackson. I think it might have been. I think you're right on that. Like, he had them initially, and Josh somehow managed to get a little shifty and get away from him. So, Josh, if you're watching this, shout out to you. Great name. Love the name. Hate the player. (laughs) Moving on to the Pat side of things here. Damian Harris, really the only bright spot in this one. 18 carries, 103 yards, and three. Count them three. One more time for the kids at home. Three touchdowns. Mac Jones, six carries for 33 yards. Brandon Bolden, basically irrelevant here. Only two carries for four yards, but he is the third down back, obviously. Mm -hmm. You think Damian Harris keeps this bell cow row here, or you think kind of goes back to rotating drives with Ramondre Stevenson coming off the COVID list? Yeah, he just came off today or yesterday. Um, I believe it was yesterday. They're probably going to still keep that rotational role, keep him fresh. But um, especially with Damian Harris just recently coming back from the injury, he looked good. He looked very he looked good. really good. But he also is still is on the injury report, as yeah. we're going to talk about in a second. So I think you're right. I agree with you. I don't see him keeping that bell cow row we saw mm-hmm. like kind of the first couple weeks of the year. Like I really just think it's going to be back to rotating drives at least, at least until Damian's healthy. But he could mm-hmm. you know, those soft tissue injuries. Like we could see this you never th- know. easily. Could see this rest there just to, to kind of take a load off those legs, if you know what I'm saying. Moving on to the receiving th- side of things, not too much to talk about in this one on the Pat side of the ball. Jacoby Myers, eight targets, six catches, 59 yards. Kendrick Bourne, who did end up playing this one. You were right. He did come off the COVID list. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it did happen. Four targets, two catches, 33 yards. Brandon Bolden, five targets, two catches, 20 yards. Nikhil Harry, six targets, two catches, and 15 yards. Hunter Henry, six catches, one reception, nine yards and Jakob Johnson the goat himself one catch one target for nine yards really I was really disappointed in the passing game oh yeah. absolutely like, no wind I'll make a point of that no wind mm-hmm. no Tredavious White but nada like Josh Allen threw for the same amount of yards in 50 mile an hour winds that Mac Jones threw at home mm-hmm. with I don't want to say perfect weather conditions but perfect for New England this time of year I think that was just the combination of the Bills um doing a pretty solid job of stopping that run game i mean you know damian harris still ran for a buck you know what i mean but that's true to focus on the run and force mac to make uh critical and pinpoint throws and you know kendrick Bourne didn't practice all week i don't think that helped non-factor it's it's disappointing to say the least when you spend all this money on kendrick Bourne and Aguilar, and especially the tight ends hunter henry and uh john U. smith those two guys. He didn't even are, tar- did he even have a target in this one? I want to say yes. I don't even have him on the remember. board here. Like I don't even know if he had a target. Let me go back and look at this. But you Ooh. would think the tight end position, like, yeah. a combined, <laughs> I think it's twelve and a half million one catch for what I don't nine think yards? He had a, I don't know. Did he even have I don't a target? Think he had a target. I really don't think he had a target. Because was he active? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, right? Or because we got Damian Harris here who had one target, which I not let me go. Let me go back to PFF and see. What this says, I don't know if he had a target. Fun fact, Damian Harris is the number one graded running back on PFF. Is he really? Yeah, I saw that. I believe it, but it's also like kind of a small sample size, I would imagine, because he's not in there every single drive. I mean, who are you going to take? Jonathan Taylor or Damian Harris? Like, it's that's what I mean. Taylor every time. Yeah, like, it's not even like 
up for discussion. Where yeah. is this here? Can I just find this? Like, not a great day to be great. All right, here we go. Box score. Um, you had at least we'll have one. I'm pretty you sure. Would, how do you not have a target? Dude, he didn't have a target. How is that? How many snaps wow. did he play? Let me go back to. I'll go back to the premium stats here and I'll see. Dude, that's crazy. I'll see how many snaps he played. That's crazy. You, I'm actually shocked. Dude. I could have sworn, I he, got sworn he had a target. Like, that's kind of sad. I could have sworn he got thrown to at least once. <laughs> this is a guy that we're paying. He played. How many snaps? 21 total snaps. Wow. He's in the doghouse or something. So he only played thirty, like about 30% of the snaps because they ran 60 plays. Jesus, man. That's crazy. I can't believe he didn't have a target. In 12 of those snaps, he was blocking. Dude, he only hell? ran six routes. Three were 12 run block, three pass block, six routes he ran. I wonder if that was just the game plan. Because I've seen Onwenu even line up as a tight end on certain packages. But still, you pay a guy this much money to be a, a, a blocking blocker, tight end. A I don't backup know, man. blocker. Like, we can sit here and debate that all yeah. day, but at the end of the day. That's insane. <laughs> back on topic here. So, <laughs> I was at this game, so it was a lot easier for me to see the field than watching the game at home mm-hmm. it really looked mac was rattled it looked like he could not find the open never comfortable because bro. there were plays that were run he had guys wide open didn't even look that way mm-hmm. did not even and it wasn't like he didn't have time in the pocket on these plays and he was rolling out there were just some plays i'm like dude what are you doing what do you want to take away from this passing game here <sighs> not much that we haven't already talked about it's just him finally maybe hitting that rookie wall, looking nervous. I mean, the Bills are no scrubs on defense, but you would have thought they would have at least took advantage. Right. So is what it is. We will just see what has to happen moving yeah. forward here. Moving on to the Bills passing game here. Step on Diggs. Jesus. 13 targets, 7 receptions, 85, and a touchdown. They really did look to get him involved early and often. I remember mm-hmm. the first play of the game, Josh Allen hit him with a swing pass, yep. and I remember texting you like, I told you, man, early and often, they want to get this guy going. Dylan Singletary, six targets, five catches, 39 yards. Manny Sanders, four targets, two receptions, oh, 20 yards, and a drop. Should have had a touchdown there. Should have been three catches. Jake Kumaro, Aaron Rodgers is rolling over in his grave right now seeing this. Three <laughs> targets, one catch. He should have had a touchdown. He dropped that. There was no one within 30 yards of him. I was probably the closest defender. Zach Moss, one catch, one target, 13 yards. Dawson Knox, three targets, two catches, 11 yards but who are we kidding here josh let's just get right to it let's get to the real main event in this building right now isaiah freaking mckenzie bro 12 targets 11 catches 125 yards and a tutty and that one target he had was a drop that which should have been a catch Mm -hmm. so oh man i was wrong because unfortunately right after we finished recording here we found out gabriel davis got put on the COVID list so i'm not bitter you're bitter you can get over at home but anyway, Isaiah McKenzie played the role that I thought Gabriel Davis was going to play in this game. Like and you know the, what he did? He played the, the Cole Beasley thing. role. Like, he played the Cole Beasley role. Cole Beasley, the unvaccinated goat. Whatever. <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie steps in and just rips apart Miles Bryant. Literally the worst game I've ever seen Miles Bryant or any slot corner play. Dude, how bad do you miss Jonathan Jones? Dude, I don't even. That, I don't even want to talk about that, man. That's just... I miss him a lot. Yeah. Miles Bryant was a really big disappointment in this one. I think he might have been 
the biggest disappointment in this one. Like, look at these stats right here. So when he was the primary defender, 9 for 11, 89 yards, 100.4 passer rating. Nuts, dude. Huge catches, too. Yeah. Like, I remember there was a third and 10. Like, that was a big play, that third and 10, because it was, I vividly remember it was the third and 10. It was right after they scored. Like, the crowd was really into it. Like, they were going to get the ball back. And he hits, like, Isaiah McKenzie on an out route and, like, moves the chains. Yeah, they're, like, that's the, the play, wind out of him, too. That's the play that sticks out in my mind where it's, like, that was the one that needed to go the other mm -hmm. way. That Definitely, was the play yeah. they needed to make. But I don't know, man. What do you want to take away from the Bills here? Well, kudos to McKenzie showing out in the big game. You know what I mean? He's not even an NFL receiver. <laughs> like, that's the thing that irritates me. I'm like, dude, like, have oh, you even man. run a route? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, kudos to uh, Stefan Diggs, like he called it. I mean, they went... Adam early and often, and he ripped apart J.C. Jackson. What surprised me was that they didn't—they didn't actually try to double him early on. They trusted J.C. one on one with Stefan Diggs, and he ripped him, bro. I wonder if he demanded that. I can see that. I can one hundred percent see it. I mean, he's been talking about this island, which is now up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a top. NFL receiver, you know what I mean? You can arguably put him in the top five, top three. He's definitely one of the best route runners in the league. And uh, JC just got ripped apart, man, and it, it sucks. You know, it sucks, but... It is Both pro what it is. So. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball here before we get to the preview show. Miles Bryant, of course, led the team with nine tackles, probably because he was targeted so much. Kyle Van Oy, <laughs> seven tackles. Jalen Mills, Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, Jawan Bentley all had six tiles. Tackles, there we go. Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips, both with cinco tackles each. Yes, that is five in Spanish. J.C. Jackson, three tackles and a really big pass deflection. Yeah. That was a gift, him. Josh. That was a gift. That the end zone? Yeah. No, not even, no, not the end zone. It was in the middle of the field. Oh, yeah, he had that one. That was a gift, Josh. Like, you don't even have to be on an island. You can be on a little kayak, and you can make that play. I guess that's why they I say... I could have made that play. I guess that's why they say corners are just receivers who can't catch. That's... Yeah. That play... That's another play. That was one of the two plays. The other one, the Isaiah McKenzie mm -hmm. catch on third and ten on that out route. And this one, I look back on, and I'm like, if one of those two go a different way, you, you might be singing a little bit of a different tune here. Because you get the ball back and you got some momentum, the crowd's going. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Who knows what could have happened? What do you think? Uh, it's like you've been saying before. It's just these big turnover plays. And it's just like every time the Pats are like right there, something doesn't go their way. But you can't rely on that. I feel like that's been the theme the last two years. Like, yeah. you, you flip a coin, like, the ball bounces six inches one way or six inches the other. Like, I, I don't know, a drop of rain, like, a snowflake goes six inches left, six inches right. And we're singing a completely different story in a number of these games. Mm -hmm. Like, you can make that definitely in a lot of games last year and mm -hmm. definitely in a few games this year, I would say. I think the big theme here is, in the grand scheme of things, like, the Pats talent as a team has just been exposed against all these like superior talented teams and the pats just do a really good job of coaching up players we have you know arguably the best coaching staff not so arguably the best coach of all time you can only suck so much talent or bring out so much talent out of these players you know what i mean quite frankly we're just not as talented as some of these you know I other just, teams i just don't think they have the depth like if you look at this injury that report too, yeah. That we're gonna get to in a second here for this upcoming week. It's loaded, like it's like one of like it's a whole page of this document. Like mm -hmm. it's like loaded. It's absolutely insane. 
On the Bills side of things, Tremaine Edmonds, eight tackles. Harrison Phillips and Micah Hyde both had six tackles. And L. Oliver had four tackles and a sack. Mm -hmm. All I have to add here is the Bills defense. They played well here today. They showed up. Takeaways here. A, will Mac bounce back? Probably. I'm willing to bank against Jacksonville. You know what I mean? So, they're not scrubs, but... Interesting point I was thinking here. And I was going to bring this up in the preview portion of this mm-hmm. episode, but I'm going to bring it up now because you already mentioned it. Do you think they... We'll, we'll get to the statistics in a second, but do you think they throw the ball a little bit against Jacksonville to kind of get him going and get him some confidence? I think so. And you might have mentioned something like that, that, um, you know, if, especially if they get a healthy league, uh, lead, not league, but they get the healthy lead, maybe you let Mac, you know, kind of get more comfortable and take some chances. You know, Let I mean? Mac cook. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'd be good for that. We'll see what happens. So, another <laughs> slow start here. Third one in a row. We already talked about that one. Mm-hmm. We don't need to spend too much time on it. The defense. Ugh. You were right. The, the D-line needed to step up in this one. They didn't they did step not. up in this one, which is kind of annoying. Look how but much they, time Josh Allen had in the pocket. Dude, I could have been sitting back there after a bottle of wine. I could have still found Isaiah McKenzie wide open. I'm pretty sure I texted you in the first quarter and was... Utterly disgusted. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> Insane. So, interesting one here that not a lot of people are probably talking about. Jake Bailey, he's really not looked great. <clears throat> Especially the last two weeks, he's looked really bad. What's, yeah, I agree. What's going on with him? I know he's got, like, that weird injury, like, that mm-hmm. people are hyping up. Like, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I don't know if it's, like, a right foot injury or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But he's just not having a great year at the end of the day. I'm not sure if that's an addition or like something related to how good our special teams like depth is because it's not just on the punter or the kicker. You know, I mean, there's you have all these guys on the depth chart that play special teams, right? But this is a special teams unit that's I think they're ranked not the best middle, probably towards the bad end, right? In league, but I know they have what they gave up. Uh, they've had three punts blocked, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. This, But it's it's just weird. A Patriots coach team having a bad special teams. You, you know what I mean? think that'd be like the solid takeaway. Yeah, it, it's not. They've <laughs> always been known to have good special teams. Always. So, And the only other thing I have written down here is the officiating. I mean, we can talk about the picked up flag on Mac, the Trent Brown flag, Stupid David flag. Andrews. But at the end of the day, <sighs> like we talked about earlier, that, doesn't, that should not make that big of a difference in mm-hmm. the game. Like, there's very rare times that i believe that officiating costs you a game mm-hmm. or not yeah this like, wasn't it. yes sometimes you can pinpoint it and go back and look at it but it's very very rare that it's like that black and white and this was agree, definitely yeah. not that black and white of a situation at least i feel i agree moving on to the preview portion because on to Jacksonville because YOLO, why not? Spread here. Pats are favored by 15 and a half. Big spread from Vegas here. So obviously the guys out in LV are expecting this one to be a blowout. Money line, <laughs> minus 11.05. Imagine being that guy that bets $1,100 to win $100. Like oh that is God. absolutely insane. There's a lot better places I can imagine to put my money. 41.5 over under here. So really low over under, which is kind of interesting. When you got a 16-point spread, that's just mm-hmm. kind of weird. 
Going over the playoff clinching scenarios, and keep in mind, these are not the only scenarios. There are some more that have losses and ties and a bunch of crazy chemistry physics in it. But we're not going to go over them all because we just don't have time for that. And they're almost impossible and not going to happen. So starting off with the easy ones here. New England win, Miami lost or a tie. New England win, Las Vegas lost or a tie. New England tie, Miami loss, Las Vegas loss. Chargers loss, New England tie, Miami loss, Baltimore loss, New England tie, Las Vegas loss, Chargers loss, Baltimore loss, Pittsburgh loss or tie, and probably the most likely scenario to happen, New England tie, Las Vegas loss, Chargers loss or tie, Baltimore loss or tie, Miami win, and a Buffalo win. Now, definitely not the easiest one here. Moving on to this loaded, I repeat, loaded, L-O-A-D-E-D, injury report. Nelson Aguilar, concussion, did not practice. He must really be screwed up. He still is not practicing after all this time. Josh Bledsoe, calf injury, did not practice. Everyone else I'm going to read off here is limited. David Andrews, shoulder, Kristen Barmore, knee, Nick Folk, left knee, Damian Harris, hamstring, Nikhil Harry, hip, Dante Hightower, knee, JC Jackson, elbow, Jacoby Myers, thigh, and Adrian Phillips, hashtag AP with a knee injury. And if you thought that was it, no, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we have the COVID list here. Dietrich wise on the COVID list since Christmas, Matt Judon was placed on 1227. Juwan Bentley, same day, 1227. Brian Hoyer, 1228. Josh Uche, since 1228 as well. Brandon King also since 1228. As we mentioned in the show earlier, Ramondre Stevenson has come off the COVID list yesterday on Wednesday, and so did Harvey Lange. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Jag side of the injury report here. Loaded COVID list, but not oh too much of an injury God. report. Like, yeah, this took me a while to write down. Dakota Allen, shoulder limited. Will Richardson Jr. did not practice, finger, and James O'Shaughnessy also did not practice with a hip injury. Now, let's get to this laundry list we got going on here for the Jags COVID list. We got Dan Arnold, Luke Farrell, Christian Manhurts, Kavon Chason, Laurenti McKay, Jihad Ward, there we go, Malcolm Brown, Devon Hamilton, Brandon Lindier, Andrew Norwell, Travis Etn. You know what? Time out here. What the hell were the Jags thinking? Travis tra- drafting Travis Etn. That was just the Urban Meyer pick. Well, that was stupid. No wonder why he doesn't have a job. <laughs> Josh <laughs> Allen, Ben Barch, Lavisca Chenault, Jordan Smith, Miles Jack. So, Miles Jack and Josh Allen did miss last week's game because they were on the COVID list. So I'm assuming they're going to be good to go. Mm-hmm. This was just the most recent report I saw. Yeah. I'm not sure when they were placed on the COVID list last week. So maybe it was later in the week, or maybe, I don't know if they're vaccinated or not, but I'm assuming they'll be fine, especially with the updated protocols. Mm. Both teams obviously are being hit with some unhealthy amount of COVID cases here, and as well as injuries, more so on the Pat side of things, but how do you see that impacting this game? Do you see a lot of practice squad guys being out there? Like, how is this going to go? Yeah, that seems to be the um, the common uh, occurrence. You know what I mean? These guys load up the practice squad, and these situations happen where you have to call them up because of all these COVID cases. Or if you're someone like the Colts, maybe you're like calling Philip Rivers out of retirement. It's just, it's such an odd time to like have these, I don't know. It's just a weird period of time with COVID. Was there any update on that? I just saw they called him. I'm like, was it? Well, did he answer? What so did he say? the Colts did and then didn't another team? The Saints did. The Saints, okay. Um, yeah, just desperation. Because it's, I've never seen so many backup QBs been called up. I mean, you look at the Ravens. They had Lamar Jackson and Huntley out. 
and who they call Josh Johnson. That guy's been dude. He played on well. every NFL team, and he played great. He played fantastic. I was yeah. watching the highlights. So I'm like, is this the Josh Johnson, like mm-hmm. the AAF Hall of Famer? Like, is this the yeah. guy? Like, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just when there's just not enough talent to pull from the practice squad, you just call up these guys that are retired or yeah. are at home. Absolutely crazy. So the past continue to shoot for the 27th 10 season win, which will tie Dallas for the most all-time since the 1970 merger. Mm-hmm. Jags are allowing a very healthy 123.5 yards per game, which is 24th in the league. So this is for a lot of reasons, at least the way I think about it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Partially because they're always playing from behind and their offense can't score. Partially because their offense just isn't very good. Partially because you got the Urban Meyer effect. <laughs> That's still lingering. Partially because you got the defense, which is just on the field too long because their mm-hmm. offense can't do anything. They can't keep the ball. They can't win the time of possession. Do the Pats lean on the run here? Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Especially if Miles Jack is not in this game, that's like the superstar of that team. If he's not in that game, I feel like that's a huge impact. I'd imagine he's going to play. Yeah, probably. But who knows? So, playing Dell's advocate here, and we kind of already talked about this a little bit. The Jags allow... This is a little bit of a weird stat here. So the Jags allow 229.7 yards per game passing of the year. 14th oh, wow. in the league, so the middle of the pack. So not nearly as bad as the run game. But 7.2 yards per pass... Probably you know what happens. Teams get up on them, and they just run the ball. That's what I would imagine what happens. Mm-hmm. But does Josh... Wow. I really think Josh might open up the playbook a little here to get maximum confidence, especially... Mm-hmm. You, I'm assuming you're you're going to want to win this game, and then you're going to want to go into Miami and also win and build some momentum for the playoffs. So if you're going to build some momentum, this is probably the game to do it, I feel like. So I I personally think, going back to what you what we were talking about before... They really open up the playbook a little bit here just to get him some confidence. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised to see some deep balls, like like spread the ball around, all those type of things here. Yeah, that'd be nice. That and a healthy dose of the run game. I'd, just, I'd like to see the rookie, you know, huck it here and there. On the Jags offensive side of things, let's just get right to the chase here. Let's not even sugarcoat it. This team is a dumpster fire. Like, that is... like. Personally, I feel like it has a lot to do with Urban Meyer. I feel like mm-hmm. he's really r- ruined so far what we've seen from Trevor Lawrence's development, mm-hmm. and which is going to be interesting to see how he responds going forward. It's going to be interesting to see who comes in after this year and takes over that role. Because Lawrence has struggled a lot, and I don't think that's necessarily his fault because he, he's shown flashes, especially with his legs. He can be shifty, mm-hmm. I guess, like Josh Allen, like shifty, like that type. But he's still a rookie, and he's still got a lack of personnel. So, obviously, no Chark, no James Robinson anymore, which really sucks. Hopefully, he can get back and get back into the league. It's just like a mess over there. Mm -hmm. What are you taking away from this Jaguars offense here? And what do the Pats need to look out for? Uh, Dude, there's really not much. The, The only one player that I guess I would kind of be concerned about is stopping Marvin Jones. He's shown that as a veteran, probably yeah. one of the older guys, he still shows up to play. Very underrated season, I feel Absolutely, like he's having. Yeah. He's played very well, considering. He's probably been the bright spot on this team. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, dude, Urban Meyer, how did this guy get this job? Like, you're telling me you interviewed this guy, and you're like, I won't make a mistake on this one. Like, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. 
Like you, you realize like he sat James Robinson because he had an injury, and then you decided to put him back in the game for the final drive when you were down by thirty. Yeah, just a bonehead move, bro. I don't understand. Not my problem. I'm not a Jags fan. So, keys this game. All I have is to dominate. I, I if they don't win this game by at least a couple of touchdowns, I don't feel very good. Dude, I just don't want to <laughs> see what we've been seeing the past two games where they come out just gross, dude. I want to see energy. You know, I mean, off the rip. You know, first drive, do something on offense. You know, establish some dominance in the game, and then. If you're that comfortable enough, then you can start opening up the playbook for Mac. But I just don't want to see them have no energy. I'm, I'm sick of that. You know, what I, I, mean? I mean, I agree completely. I'm getting a little bit tired of playing from behind. I don't mm-hmm. even count that Buffalo game as playing ahead. Guys, we are done here. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back to recap this game as well as preview the Miami game coming up next week. So make sure you check out that like and subscribe as always. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year.